0: First John in chapter number two. Well, don't you appreciate Brother John Dorsey and the preaching that he just did? In times like these, we do need a Savior. And I just want to say to Brother Tim Green, if he thought this pulpit was short, he needs to come up here and stand with me. All of a sudden, my Bible has become a small print Bible. And I'm wearing bifocals, praise God. Amen. I look around and see these kids. I look around and see your girls with children of their own. And I'm well aware why my hair's white. In a few days, we're going to be old, praise God. But I'm reminded just how quickly time gets away. Grant took a Little grand boy out. I thought it was cute up there. He was playing peekaboo with you while they was preaching up there. You wouldn't see anybody. He trying. Grant had to take him out. Brother Dorsey looked at me. He said, That was us just a few years ago. And it was. And now Bubba's eight weeks from getting married. Riley's six weeks from graduating. And it seems just like yesterday that we were bouncing him on our knee. And youngins, what you think these preachers are preaching to, you think that's never gonna that's man, that ain't gonna happen. You're gonna blink and it's gonna happen. Tell right. those young people yesterday, if there's ever a time that they need to learn how to worship, it's right now. This is the easiest time in your life that'll ever be able to worship. You don't have somebody else that you're caring for, you don't have a husband, you don't have a wife, you don't have children. And man, if you can learn how to worship now without all those tithes, that's not a bad tie, it's just responsibility. Can I get a witness? But I'm telling you, you better learn how to now. And I tell you what, you'll find as brother, brother Dana preached to us somewhere down the road, that worship will nourish you and I bless the Lord. Brother Ricky, thank you for letting me be here and uh, Lord sort of brother John was preaching, put these thoughts on my mind. I believe the Lord will help us. First John chapter number two, let's stand you, uh, uh, stretch your legs for just a moment. Now, i try not to be long. The Bible said in verse number 18, little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard, the antichrist shall come. Even now there are many antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us for if they had been of us, they would have no doubt continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it and know that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denyeth the son, the same hath not the father, but he that acknowledges the son hath the father also. let that therefore that let, let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning, if that which ye had heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye shall also you sh- also shall continue in the son and in the Father, and this is the promise. Boy, I like that song. Said he didn't say. And they'd sing a few things about what he didn't say. And then they'll sing another line about what he didn't say. But I like when they get up there and they say, but he did say. I promise you this, he didn't say some things, but I promise you this, he said all we needed to hear. Well, didn't you like what Brother Philor said if old Job just had a Bible? I'm glad we got a book. This is the promise that he had promised us even eternal life, you can be seated. Can I say to you, as you come to the book of First John, we understand that John wrote five books of the word of God, he first of all, he wrote the gospel of John. He wrote the gospel of John. Some of the greatest statements that are recorded in the word of God are found in the gospel of John. I think John 1, 29, behold, he said, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And then he looked at Nicodemus in John chapter number three, and he said that you must be born again. As you read the book of John, you find John writing to convince, some sinners that Jesus is who he really said he was. I'm glad that after 25 years of preaching, I have realized that he is everything that he claimed to be and more. Amen. And John wrote the gospel of John to convince his hearers that God was who he said he was. And then we go to the book of the Revelation. And John is not writing in Revelation to to convince the sinners uh, like he did in John, but in the revelation, uh, he is writing to comfort some saints. Uh, I'm glad, child of God, this is uh, not the last world that we're going to live in. Uh, there is coming a day uh, when no heartache shall come, uh, no more clouds in the sky, uh, and no more tears to dim the eye. Uh, we'll never have another funeral service. Uh, there'll never be another cancer ward. Uh, the funeral homes will be out of business uh, because, thank God Almighty, uh, there is a better day ahead. Uh, I'm glad as a child of God uh, we can look at this world uh, and men say, well, uh, you can get so heavenly minded uh, uh, that you're no earthly good. Uh, they might have got that off of Oprah or might have got it off of Dr. Phil, uh, uh, but they did not get that out of a Bible. Uh, the Bible said, let this mind uh, be in you which is also in Christ Jesus. If his mind is stayed on that city, don't you think that our mind ought to be on that land? I'm glad there is a land that is fairer than day and by faith we can see it afar. For my father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. I'm glad there is a comfort in my heart this afternoon that there is a better day. He wrote the book of Revelation to comfort some saints. But then, as the Lord gets ready to close the canon of the Word of God, you understand the epistles of John are the last parts of the canon that are going to be sealed before he closes the inspiration of the Word of God. And he's not writing to convince sinners. He's not writing to com- comfort the saints, but when we come to the epistles of John, he is writing to confirm some servants. Amen. He's writing to them about some trouble. That they're gonna see. He's writing to them about some truth uh, that they need to know. As you go through uh, the Book of First John, you ought to circle "know" and "known" and "knowledge," and see how many times uh, it shows up. I'm glad uh, in, in uncertain times uh, uh, there are some certain truths uh, uh, that you can drop your anchor in, uh, and you can place uh, uh, your trust in those truths in an uncertain world. I think about 1 John, Brother Chris. We've been talking at Fellowship and fellowshipping about these texts. 1 John, you think about Peter, and you think about uh, the other writers, Paul and James and uh, Jude, and they are writing to first-generation Christians. First-generation Christians. But John is writing to a third generation Christian. You say, what's the difference? Well, and that first generation Christian, uh, they espouse the great truths uh, and the doctrines of the word of God uh, and they believe them and they're willing uh, uh, to dare to do the will of God uh, they're willing to die for what they believe. Uh, that first generation Christian is marked by conviction. But that second generation Christian, They believe the same things. They will debate the very same truths that were espoused by their first generation and they'll debate them and defend them but all the passion and all the fire are gone. Second generation Christians. But John's not even writing to the second generation. He is writing to the third generation. You say, What is that third generation? Well, that third generation, uh, it's not marked by conviction. That second generation is marked by comfort, but that third generation is marked by compromise. But they take those truths uh, that that first generation was willing to die for uh, and uh, willing to give everything they had for. uh, And now they are trading them uh, for the apostasy of a third generation. Uh, They are making room for truth uh, to die in the streets and making room for error and apostasy. I believe, Brother Laddie, we are living in the day that's not marked by conviction and we're not even marked by comfort, but we are living in a day, a third generation day where our preachers gave their life to believe what they believed and take stands that they took and now we're willing to trade it and walk away just so flippant in this hour, Amen. changing our mind. Some of you think think back to what some preachers preached back in the '60s and '70s, and you want to say, "You'll say, man, where'd they get that at?" Huh? But you don't know what they were fighting then. I mean, man, I see guys with beards and mustaches. And I'm not going to preach against that, but you better believe they did in the 60s. You say, why? They're fighting the hippies. Amen. They didn't want to be identified with that pot smoking group. Everybody okay? I mean, you remember Brother Tim Green and John Green are here this week? I remember Don Green, that crowd, used to preach against wire-rimmed glasses. You say, why? They didn't want to be identified with John Lennon. Amen. Y'all might y'all don't even know who that is and thank God for it. Amen. Amen. I tell you what, there's more to it than that. There were some men that we've loved and lived with uh, that paid a price to believe in a premillennial doctrine. Oh, that the Lord's coming back uh, before the tribulation enters, praise God, uh, and were persecuted all over the land. Uh, and now one's come around propagating some other mess uh, uh, that they didn't find in a King James Bible. And we walk away flippantly from positions that have been paid a high price for. Amen, amen, third generation. Don't worry, it'll get better. It may not right off the bat, but just hold on. Notice what your Bible said. I think one of the most important things you can do is teach your children how to tell time. I remember as a boy, Brother Steve, when my boys would come home from school and they would have those worksheets that would have about 12 clock faces on it. And an hour hand and a, and a minute hand pointing at different boys. And we'd have to sit down at the kitchen table and uh, begin to teach them about what it was to tell time. I remember Boy O'Reilly and Carter, two different birds, man. Uh, O'Reilly took after his mama. He's a good student. Uh, but Carter took after me. Hey, Amen. I, I mean, I'd rather, I man, my favorite class in school was recess. Can I get a witness? When you like this, you don't fit in a desk. Hey, Amen. And he'd say he had one of them little digital watches. And he'd say, I don't need to tell time. My watch tells me what time it is, amen? And can I tell you in this hour, I'm not talking about you younguns, learning how to tell it off your Apple Watch or off your Citizen Watch or off your Seiko Watch, but I'm telling you when you get on YouTube and social media and Instagram and you ought not to have Snapchat, amen? Anything that disappears after you take a picture, you ain't got no business with it. And that goes for the adults too. Hey, man, don't get nervous. Amen. I'm talking that when you get on YouTube and you get on Facebook and you get on Instagram and you hear preaching. You need to be able to identify the day in which we're living in. You need to understand the mark of our times. You need to be able to tell what time it is. Amen. Now, Brother Gravis said to preach. I was going to preach something else, but to God, you blame it on Brother Dorsey. Amen. John, now notice, you look at this, he's talked to the fathers, he's talked to the young men, but now he said little children. If you're under 25 years old, stand up. Now, if you're under 30, y'all keep standing. If you're 30 and understand up. ain't that a blessing? (laughs) I didn't mean preaching years. (laughs) Look at that. Do you know that you have a responsibility to be able to tell time? Hey, let me just be honest with you. They're not coming after Brother Dorsey. And they're not coming after Brother Gravelin, Brother Brown. They're not coming after Brother Bobby Barnes. They're not coming after Brother Stephen Henderson. They're not coming after Brother Allen. They're not coming after Brother Tim Fleur. They're not coming after Hey, they're not coming after Brother Tim Green. They're not coming after R.B. We are what we are, And I'll just say this uh, for us preachers. It's not enough for us to say, well, that's just been what I've always been. It's too tight late. No, if I'm wrong, I should change. Amen. Amen. If I'm wrong, we ought to correct our path. We ought to correct our walk. We ought to correct our stand. We should correct our message, but we're not wrong. And y'all ought to be able to start learning how to tell time. Brother Henderson, she's trying to find a school. She's trying to find somewhere to go to school. There should be some things that she sees that she don't even have to ask you about. She ought to be able to look at some of those places and say, Daddy, that's not what you preached all my life. Daddy, that's not the stand that you've put in our home. That's not the, uh, that's not the standard that you've asked us to live by. You all, we, I mean, man, she's 19 years old. She ought to be telling some time. Right. Amen. It's a blessing to me when Riley comes up and says, Daddy, what about this? And I begin to talk to him. He says, well, I didn't think that was right. Amen. That's right. Amen. Yes. Amen. You say, why? He ought to be learning how to tell. I mean, right over here's your boys and right over here's your daughter. If we put the right thing in them and preach to them the right way, they should be learning how to tell time. I'm right. That's rightly divided. Don't be seated. Don't be seated. Amen. Little children. Little children. This is the last times. Can I say to you, If John is telling these Christians, these little children in verse number 18 that this is the last time, if John was saying that about his day, what do you think that he'd be saying about our day? In America we are turning the womb into a tomb. I mean good night. we're taking, no longer is it a first trimester or a second trimester. But they're talking about letting them birth a child and lay it on a table and let a mom decide whether or not that baby lives uh, oh friend this is the last time. there's a lot of things that I can preach that are in the world that would say it's the last time but that ain't what John's talking about John's not dealing with what makes it the last times in the world brother Bo he's dealing with what's going on in the church Amen. You preached a message several years ago, one of the most profound things that I've thought about through the years. I don't know if you remember, we were in the old building, and you preached on Noah's Ark, and you preached on the dangers within. You remember that? I do, because I had to follow him that day, too. I think Brother Grad was mad at me, man. I mean, I can't. Do that illustrated reading like brother. I mean, man, I like that illustrated Bible reading. I can't do it, brother. But I thought to myself a lot of times since then, we preach to them about all that's in the world. But can I tell you, that's not probably the they can spot that mess, it's what's within our own ranks. I remind you, Brother Edgar taught me a long time ago that discernment is not knowing what's right from wrong. He said real discernment is knowing what's right from what's almost right. I'm talking about in times like we're living in. Everybody Okay. I'm talking about in times like this. Now I say this is the last hour. Hey, you can look back to verse number eight. The Bible said, the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. You better believe that ever since Calvary, oh, the Lord has been doing a different thing. You say, what kind of man was the son of God? He was the kind of man that divides time. I believe what every infidel has to write the time. And the year 2019 AD, I hope it, Hairlips, every atheist. I hope it hairlips, every God denier. Because when they put him on the tree, he didn't just divide two worlds, but he divided time. He was the Son of God. Everybody hits. Everybody hits. Amen. Right. There's much to tell us that we're living in the last times. We look to that. Boy, I love Christmas, don't you? You know you do with grandbabies. Good night. I love Christmas. Don't nobody have a problem with Christmas, Brother Grant. Ain't nobody ain't nobody worried about a baby in a manger. Ain't nobody worried about a baby in a manger. The only problem is that baby in a manger was the same God that they hung on Calvary. Can you imagine, Brother Philip, when Mary held the hand of the Son of God? It was the hand that scooped out the oceans and traced out the rivers and formed the mountains when she laid her head on the breast of the Son of God. Contained within his heart was the love of God and the compassion of the Godhead. When she saw and flexed his arms, she saw the strength, a neighbor that made all all the worlds and hold them into place. That baby was God Almighty. And we look to that first coming with adoration. But you and I look to that second coming with anticipation. In our verses, I know some of you are not used to me preaching like this, but it's all right. Understand, he begins to talk about what the characteristics of this time period are. You understand, John is the only writer that uses the word Antichrist. Amen. He's the only writer. That Bible teaches us that the closer we get to his coming, there are going to be more and more. And, matter of fact, the Antichrist could be living today. Amen. We still believe, Brother Chris, in the imminent. Imminent. I said the imminent return. That means he could come anytime. Amen. I want to give you three things, and I'll be done. In times like these, in our text verse, in times like these, Christ is being denied, and we ought to be aware. Christ is being denied. Notice what your Bible said. It said, you've heard the Antichrist shall come. There's a prophetic warning. Understand. And may I say to you, I want to I reiterate uh, to what Brother Bo preached those years ago. Uh, you can spot a Joel Osteen. Uh, you can spot uh, a T.D. Jakes. You can spot uh, all these fates, these so bad fates. Uh, you can see them a mile apart. Uh, uh, but can I tell you, mixed in our old ranks, uh, our ones that hey, uh, you say, Brother Mark, they're not calling you out. No, uh, but they're calling our message out. Uh, we preach our kids they to come out from the world uh, and be separate and be different and live clean and live holy and they get on the computer and they get on the Facebook and they get on the Instagram uh, and what looks like su- success to them. Uh, uh, listen, there is no mark of holiness. Uh, uh, there is no mark of being different from the world. Uh, uh, they may not be calling me out, but they're calling our message out. Uh, So you shouldn't say stuff like that. Somebody better start saying something. Amen. 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 Social media is amoral. Understand what I said. I didn't say immoral. I said amoral. It's how you use it that makes it right or wrong. But I believe the greatest danger that what it's done, there's things that I would have to explain to Riley and Carter that 10 years ago I'd have never had to explain because they'd have never known it was going on. It's quiet, ain't it? Amen. Amen. And I have to answer questions. Well, Daddy... Why are you preaching this? And man, look what's going on over there. Man, boy, that looks like that's got a lot of fire over there. But that is, they ain't doing what, what you said the Bible says. That Bible said that if any man come and preach any other gospel, right. we got a whole lot of gospel preaching and no law preaching. Amen. And that's just telling people a remedy that don't know they've got a problem. And all you, all you got is law preaching with no gospel. All you've done is you've diagnosed a problem and not told them how to fix it, but when you put some law with some gospel. Hey, it was the law that was poured into Paul this morning uh, that made him the greatest preacher, uh, the greatest grace preacher that ever was. I, I want to thank God for every time uh, a man of God man of a pulpit and opened a Bible and told me where I was coming short because I knew I needed what they had. A prophetic warning. He said, they're coming. They're coming. I've been to Costa Rica. There's a Catholic church in in an area in Costa Rica that they believe had some miraculous conception. And there are people that will dress up like Jesus Christ, walk barefooted, and carry a cross from wherever they live to that Catholic church. I'll never forget when we got there, Brother Laddie. We stood on the outskirts. We were handing out John and Romans and those folks as they were going down the road. And when we got there, there all that older group was that were going in that Catholic church, getting on their hands and knees and crawling to that altar. But there was a sea of thousands of young'uns out there with white t-shirts on at a contemporary, I'm talking about at a Catholic church, a contemporary Christian concert. Out, let me just hold up. A contemporary concert. Christian ain't got no part in that. Everybody okay? Some of you looking at Pete, peak it, amen. Amen. I mean, I'm talking about the thousands of that generation were out there jumping up and down to that music oh, yeah. while that older generation uh, was crawling down the aisle. Hey, if they had what was right, uh, why did they have the young ones crawling down the same aisle or uh, going to the same place? Oh, listen to me, there is coming uh, more and more and more Antichrist. That's right. yeah. But he transitions from a prophetic warning through a present warning. Notice what he said. Even now. 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 Apostasy is rampant in our day. At Harlot Church is getting ready to embrace her groom. You say, why in the world would you preach this with all these youngins here, because he said little children. I like what he read this morning. I I, I like what he told about that lad. And brothers, he said, little lad, run. I want to say to you little lad, run. Run, 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 run. In times like these, Christ is denied. It's amazing, you can go to any public arena, you can pray in Allah, you can pray in the name of a pine tree, you can pray a prayer in the grass or the dolphins or the killer whales. But as soon as you say Jesus, amen, he is the great divider. I came not to bring peace, but to bring a sword. In times like these, Christ is being denied. I know what I said about this new stuff is, is bothering somebody. It's okay. I grew up, Brother Palu, I grew up under Brother Edgar. He called out men that were living clean that were preaching stuff wrong. You think he wouldn't be saying something in this day? Huh? Y'all cried man. Son, I've come to church watch people when anytime the choir chairs were on the platform, it wasn't gonna be a good Sunday morning. Somebody's about to get right or get church, one of the two. I mean, that was the choices. Oh yes. I mean, man, we listen, I preach standard. I know how our folks don't pre- live what I preach. But I remember when they, Brother Andrew used to have a standard for the choir. Mm. Everybody okay? It's amazing, Brother Don. I've talked about it a long time. We we ain't moved, but we're the bad guys. I'm what I've always been. Preaching the same things I've always preached. Why am i all of a sudden we're mean spirited. My message has not changed. There's ones that used to bust our head and used to tell us to run and stay away and now they're embracing the very things uh, uh, that were said. Can I tell you, listen to me, if Brother Eric goes back, if I go back, if Brother Ricky goes back, uh, uh, that's no excuse for you to go back. Uh, Oh no, Freya! no, no, no. Uh, Listen, in our times, Christ is being denied and we ought to be aware. Number two, In times like these, look at your Bible, verse 19 through 25. In times like these, church is being deserted. And we ought to be anchored. You better believe the spirit of the Antichrist is against the local New Testament church that Brother brother Ballou preached on this morning. Amen. Small groups. Social instead of having preaching services. Amen. Small groups. That's what most of our churches have on Wednesday night. Small groups. Everybody okay? Oh, we can bust tide on everything out in the world. beer and dope and all that. But man, until judgment starts down there where we're at, we ain't getting nowhere. Churches I'm tired, I've preached to young people for this, this, is my 25th year. I'm bumping to my 26th anniversary. I've been preaching to young people for 25 years. I've said, t- brother, listen, brother Eric, y'all have come for years to help us at camp. The saddest moment of camp for me. Friday morning at 1030. Brother Henderson, we lined those 600 teenagers up across the back of that building and we're having a good time. We've just watched all them crazy pictures we'll line them 600 kids up across the back and my heart drops into my feet because this is my thought who won't make it back next year I can't tell you how many that come through that registration line. And I've looked at those leaders as they come through. And I say, What about so and so? Tell me about that young man that had so much ability and promise. Tell me about that young lady who God had set apart within that group. And their heads drop and tears up again to roll over their face. uh, And say, Preacher, we never thought it would happen. Uh, We never thought it would be heard, but she's out. And before you think that can't be you, Solomon was the wisest and he fell. That's right. Samson was the strongest and he fell. Moses was the meekest and he fell. And David was the most spiritual and he fell. Yes. I'm tired. Brother, Brother John, I don't want to have to call you one day. My boys love you and we love you, and I don't ever want you to call and say, how's Carter and Riley, and me have to drop my head. I don't ever want you have to call me and me say, hey, hey, how's Chelsea doing? Well, Prince, I've been meaning to tell you. I never want you to have to call me, Brother Anderson, and I'd say, man, how's John Michael doing? Well, Brother Mark, I'm sorry to tell you. Hey, Brother Gravely, how's Celeste doing? Yep. Well, it's all going good, preacher. I'd hate to ask you one time, Brother Wesley, how are those girls that play so well and sing so well, how are they doing? You'd have to drop your head. Well, they saw the lights of a larger city up the road. That said they could use their talent. I don't want that to happen. Can I say everything I've got in my life? I got it to church. Yeah. Oh, I got saved at the church. Oh, I got a preacher at the church. I found my wife at the church. I got baptized in the church. I got called to preach in the church. My life is in the church. I dedicated my children in the church. Oh, God, help us anchor in the church. Brother Dorsey, you're just like I am. We've been preaching these youth beatings forever, and I hope it don't ever stop. I'm gonna be the only camp moderator that uses a walker. <laughs> One of these years they're gonna to have to install an elevator from that floor up on that. I mean, I'm gonna to have to get something when I get ready to take a lap that I can get out there quick. Put me a ramp so I can just get in a wheelchair and roll down and take a lap. You're the same way, and you're the same way. How many times have we watch preachers' hearts break when we ask about a family? Ask about some children. Ask about that preacher boy that had a touch of God. You young preachers, if I was trying to find somebody that I was going to pattern my life, I'd find a man that when people get around them, they get more holy, and they don't instead of more compromising. I want to find a man of God to get around that I've seen other young men get around and they've got more power after they get around them. They've got cleaner since they've got around them. They've got more discernment since they've got around them. That's the kind you ought to want to be around. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And some of y'all think we're just beating a dead horse. You better understand something. This is the issue of our day. Y'all know me, I'm not a slinger, I'm not a stone thrower, I'm not a critical man. And people say, well, you're just, and man, we've raised such a soft generation of preachers, if you say anything, you they, oh, you couldn't be calling me out. You're just jealous. Hold up. Jealous, if you're gonna accuse me of something, at least get your words right. At least know what words you're using. Jealous is being protective of something you do have. Being envious is wanting something you don't have. I don't want anything that contemporary crowds got, but you better believe I am blessed, Fire jealous over what God has given me and the opportunity and the other generation that God has let me have a part of their life. Everybody okay? Amen. Amen. I'd rather go back to my church and preach Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night and not change my mind in front of y'all and everybody that's ever used me quit using me than to change to get a bigger platform, a bigger meeting, a bigger offering. A bigger opportunity. I'd rather not be used, and y'all know that I ain't changed than be used every night of my life, and you not even have a clue where I stand. Amen. Amen. Thank God you've not changed. Thank God you've not changed. Thank God you've not changed. Brother Ballou, I salute you. I salute Brother Barnes. I salute these men of God that have not wobbled on the axle. I want to anchor in like that. We have preachers like Brother Ballou come in and Brother McBride and them men. I have in that Sunday school hour, I call them Timothy Talks where I have those Apostle Paul type men sit our preachers down and say whatever they want to. I don't care what they say. And if y'all can find a row that I ain't plowed in their life, sink the plow. Amen. Boys, if y'all hear something being preached that don't line up with what he's being preached, and all you've ever found him is to be in the Bible, you better just hook up with him and say, I'm staying with the man of God. Amen. Amen. Everybody all right? right. Amen. 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 I don't want you to have to get your kids down some summer Say, well, young as we've been going down there to camp for a long time, but brother Mark's changed and we can't go down there no more. I'd rather, I'd rather you bring them to my funeral. that's right. I'd rather you bring them to my funeral than me to let them down. heard young men say this, I can't wait till these older preachers get out of the way so we can do our thing. You think Elisha would have said that to Elijah? You think Timothy would have said that to Paul? You think Joshua would have said that to Moses? I don't even think David would have said that to Saul. Oh, no. I can't go back to my preachers. I can't go back because they're gone. And I wouldn't want to drag their heritage through some contemporary mud. Everybody, all right? You deserve to grow up with some old fashioned preachers that'll preach. I'm not talking about y'all God help y'all know I'm not mean spirited. But I so care about your generation having men like him and having men like him and having men like these other boys. Amen. Amen. Church is being deserted. See there's going to be some counterfeits that leave us. They went out from us because they were not of us. I didn't say that. John said that. I just read it. Their doctrine's wrong. These YouTube pastors ain't never made a hospital visit. Everybody, man, it's got quiet up. You said I could preach. Amen. Amen. The counterfeits that leave us. But look at verse 20. There's a comforter who leads us. Hey, you have an unction. Old Raven Hill said any preacher that's ever had the unction knows what it is, can't explain it, can't tell you where it came from, but they know when they ain't got it. Look back to 1 first, first John 2, 1. My little children, it says right unto you that, you that you sin not. If any man sin, we have an advocate. Hold up. You said that word advocate right there. It's the same word that's transfer, that's translated parakletos. is translated comforter in the book of John. Amen. What about that? Yeah, yeah. It's comforter in one place and advocate in the next place. That's right. You say, what good is that? Well, Brother Bo, when I need help here, he's a comforter. Yep. When I need help up there, he's an advocate. Yeah. hey. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't matter which side of the river I need help on. If I need help in this life, I'm glad there's a comforter that's been called alongside to help. And when I fall short, and when I come short of the glory of God, I'm glad I've got an advocate that'll stand in the throne, a room with God, hallelujah. Comforter. I'm glad I got a help don't matter what side of the river I need it on. Can I tell you, youngins? Don't ever, you young men, don't ever tell a man that they see you going wrong to come tell you and then puff up at him when he does. I've submitted myself to about four men and I've told them if they've ever seen me wobble on the axle, come look me in the eye and tell me. In fact, I've told them if it even appears like I'm wobbling. And I got one or two, you better believe they'll tell you. Everybody all right? Y'all get anchored in, boys. Anchor in. Anchor in. And anything that tries to pull you away from the church, you better run. I'm done preaching. I'm done right here. Number three, in times like these, I told you it's going to get better. In times like these, Christ is being denied. We ought to be aware. In times like these, the church is being deserted. We ought to be anchored. But in verse 25, through the end of the chapter, in times like this, children of God are going to get delivered and we ought to be assured. Somebody said the book of Romans is God's courtroom. And somebody said the book of Revelation is God's throne room. And the revelation said, I set before the an open door, which no man can shut. You say, How'd you get from the courtroom to the throne room? Through a door. Yeah. <laughs> Through a door. What is that door? John 10 said, I am the door. We're going to get out. I like that Revelation 4.1. That's when we're leaving. I don't care this pre-wrath crowd, God help. That pre-wrath crowd, that's that same crowd that hates Israel. That ought to be enough. That ought to be enough to make us run. How, How arrogant for somebody to think, that all these Bible minds of the last five, 600 years, that God hid a truth like that from those great Bible minds and revealed it to him. What in the world? I guess he don't realize some of them covenants are unconditional covenants. Them that bless thee, I'll bless thee. Them that curse thee, I'll curse thee. I believe the reason America's doing us good right now because finally we got a president to staying with the Israel. I don't think the stock market's knocking the top out of it because Trump's a great businessman. I believe, thank God, he loves Israel and stood with Israel in spite of all the critics. If they were gonna be critical of me. I don't think be critical of me because of success than failure. I like that Revelation 4-1. Well, there's a there's a glorious anticipation. I've always read that 4-1, and it said a door was open. And I've always sort of read that in my mind as a door was opening. But that ain't what it said. A door was open. It's been open. It's been open. He's just inviting us to come on up and go through it. But then I like that gracious invitation. He said, come up hither but I'm real partial to that godly revelation. If you read the book of Revelation and all you get is beasts and trumpets and vials and woes and sorrow and judgment, you've missed it. Because Revelation 1 said, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Some years ago, before Google, what about that? Before Google, before cell phone, Man, I remember the first cell phone I got. We were married, and we got one in bag phones, Motorola Gold series bag phones. I mean, man, phone's about three hundred dollars, fifty dollars a minute to use it. I mean, when you called your wife to tell her you loved her, it really cost you something back in. Praise God. I've loved. You. Amen. I mean, I love you. It cost $10 back then. I remember when I used to go to my grandparents. How many of you remember party lines? I really thought about installing party lines in all our church members' houses. Get cut down on gossip. Y'all youngest have no clue what a party line is. You go to the phone and you pick it up. It's a rotary phone. It's got like, I'd like to put some of these teenagers in front of a rotary phone. They'd be like... How you do that? But when you pick up the phone before you ever dial anything, there's somebody already talking. And it ain't somebody in the house you're in. It's your neighbor talking on your telephone. Ain't that something? Before there was a Google, you could get on the phone and you'd reach over there to the far right. And go, and they go. S-s-s-s-s-s-s-s-s. And I mean, it took like three and a half minutes to dial zero. Your house would burn down before you could even get anybody on the telephone. And there'd be a soft voice come over the line. They'd say, "This is what they'd say: information, city and state, please." Well. This little boy had seen his mama go over and take her dial tone and dial that phone and say, information. One day he was outside playing and he smashed his hand, busted his finger up and it was bleeding, couldn't find his mom and daddy. So he got in there and got on a milk crate and got up on the phone and put that phone and dialed that big rotary phone. And that little sweet voice came and said, information, city and state please. And he said, I can't find my mama. He said, and I busted my hand up and it's bleeding. Can you help me? And a little soft voice said, son, I normally just give telephone numbers. I don't normally give information on how to fix your finger. He said, but will you please help me? I said, I, don't, I can't find my mama and I'm bleeding. So that little lady in her soft voice told him how to wrap, her, wrap his finger up and he quit bleeding. Some years later, he came home from school and going in there to check on his bird and feed his bird, and his little bird died. Man, he tore up. That was his favorite pet. He couldn't find anybody, so what did he do? He went back over to the telephone and dialed zero. and said, information, this is Carolyn. City and state, please. He said, Miss Carolyn, it's me. He said, my bird died. And there ain't nobody here to talk to. And I'm upset. She said, well, son, I, I, I don't really know what to tell you about your bird dying. He said, I'm just so upset. And finally she thought to herself, and she said, well, he said, you ain't got nothing to worry about. He said, it's just gone to a better land to see you. That soothed his heart. He said, thank you, Carolyn. And hung up the phone. Ever ever so often, the little old boy would go over there as he grew up. He'd dial zero just to talk to Miss Carolyn. One day, they had taken a family trip to Seattle, Washington, a long way from home, been gone a week, and the boy was getting homesick. So he found him a pay phone and just dialed zero. The lady come on and said, information, please, city and state, and he said, information in so-and-so city, and sure enough, Miss Carolyn said, information, this is Carolyn City Estate. He said, Miss Carolyn, it's me. She said, What's wrong? He said, We have been on vacation in Seattle for a week and I'm homesick. I just wanted to hear a voice from home. So Miss Carolyn talked to the little boy. He said, Thank you, Miss Carolyn. I think I'll be all right now. I've heard a voice from home. Some years later, the boy grew up, went to college, came home. Been a long time since he called information. He came home and dialed at zero. Thought he was going to call Miss Carolyn. Said, Information, please. This is, and another name came across the phone. He said, Could I speak to Carolyn? And the lady said, Sir. I'm sorry, but Carolyn no longer works here. She retired just a few months ago. Is there something I can help you with? He said, no, ma'am. He said, I used to just call Miss Carolyn so often just to talk to her. And the lady said, you you wouldn't happen to be, and he called the young man's name. She said, yes, ma'am, I am. He said, well, what you don't understand? He said, just after Carolyn retired, She was diagnosed with cancer and died. But before she left, she left an envelope with your name on it. And she said, if he ever calls, read him this message. She said, hold on, let me get it out of my desk. And he could hear as she was opening the envelope. And she looked at that message, she said, I don't understand what this means. Maybe you will. She said, this is what Carolyn wanted me to tell you. She said, don't worry about me. I've just gone to a better land to sing in. Oh, it ain't gonna be long till we're going to a better land to sing in. In times like these, Christ is being denied. And we ought to be aware. In times like these, church is being deserted and we ought to get anchored. But listen, child of God, in times like these, the children of God are going to get delivered. And we ought to be assured. You know what some of us ought to do? Most come to an altar and say, Lord, Please give me discernment to be able to tell the difference between what's right and what's almost right. Some of you ought to get with somebody and say, man, let's anchor in. Let's anchor in. Let's anchor in. Chelsea, I want to be doing camp long enough to where it's you and all the ones that have been coming that preacher still comes with y'all. Like you can't never not quit coming. But I want them to be the youth workers. Like when they're 30 and got bringing the kids. I want that to be y'all. I want that to be y'all. And the only way it's going to be, you well, I can get anchored. Anchored. If you don't get anchored, you won't hang when the star's not shining. Some of us need to realize, man, as bad as it is, we're about to get delivered. And we're going to a better land of sin. We're standing, Brother Chris is going to sing. Would you slip at an altar and say, Lord, please help me in this hour.